We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. That we means we have Andrew P. Shea back. And let's take care of a little bit of... Uh, administrative work here andy we had our ash ross segment we got to name our winner and that is rich from greensburg rich he asked about uh name image and likeness which is always a fascinating topic and also i want to put out a reminder that in partnership with collegiate athletic travel keystone sports network offering the opportunity to travel to the Auburn-Penn State game in the fall. That's right. Get a charter flight, stay at the team hotel, transport to and from the game, a great tailgate party at the stadium, and you get to mingle with me and Dustin, who will be along on the trip. So for more information, all the details, you could go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414. I know it's going to be a great time. Would love to have some of you there to join us. Andy, as usual, on a game week, you get the final word. And this was sort of a game week. I'm not sure you could call it a game. How about scrimmage week for the Blue-White weekend? And just first off, your overall thoughts on the format, the game, the weekend, everything. Yeah, I like the offense versus defense better than the blue versus the white. I don't know if that's a popular or unpopular opinion versus with the fan base, but I like the scrimmage. Are you a no? I'm a bit. I'm a big no on that okay. one, Andy. Give me the. <laughs> I know they had the points there, offense versus defense. I, I get that, but. I want to see a game, and and to me, the only part of that scrimmage that got me a little bit excited was the very last possession where we were going to have a winner and we were going to have a loser. Personally, this, here you get two points because you sacked the quarterback. It just seems so unnatural to me. I understand why they did it this way. I just would prefer the blue versus the white. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I'm a scrimmage guy, so I'm going to start with what – what I took away from the overall spring practice and what we what we should look at and kick forward, kick the can forward to training camp, right? Like we didn't, we, there was not, there's nothing that you're going to know right now that's going to help you, you know, for the 2022 season. There's still a lot of to be found out, discovered, and work to be done. And I'm going to start with something that James Franklin said, which was really kind of deadpan. And it struck me. And, of course, we're talking about the offensive line, but I'm going to give you a little different take. He's This is a direct promoter. He says, can we take a step where you guys, in the media, he was asking, ask about the offensive line, I say something, and then we back it up. He deadpan asked that. And, and he wasn't, like, being a smart aleck or he wasn't grumpy or anything. It's just his patience with the offensive line, which has been a nemesis for him. Right, it pretty much his entire Penn State Penn uh, tenure. It's it's in terms of on field performance, it's been a bugaboo for him, and he he's just it's growing thin with him. But he knows he has to exhibit more patience, and he's telling you that I am doing the best I can to exhibit more patience. I can't 
answer any question that you give me about the offensive line right now for a very good reason and back it up. That's because during spring, because of injuries and just a sheer lack of roster depletion, they had probably six or seven healthy bodies during the spring to work with in practice, which I'm sure created some, you know, interesting scenarios on how you work this in practice. So rather than listing names and saying what you thought about the offensive line, I, I just, I am, I have lowered the bar to, to very low, kicked the expectations forward, and there's more to be figured out because there's more guys to come in, there's more to work out, and keep the expectations low. The only thing I expect from this line is just don't be the problem, right? Like, you don't have to be – I think the expectation would be good to – you don't have to be fantastic, just don't be the problem. The offense last year was a muddy mess despite some brilliant play from Sean Clifford early that covered up the core issue that was a problem for this offense. And the floodgates opened the second half against Iowa, and it never got really any better up front. So kick the can forward on the offensive line. That's my first evaluation. And thing is, it's just not fair. I just don't think it's fair to, 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 have any, to do any analysis or expectation on the offensive line after what they had to endure this spring. I believe, Andy, that they have to gel as a group. So much of what they do is coordinated between the guard and the tackle, the guard and the center. So, yes, they have to work as a unit. And, you know, how about this for being, uh, you know, perhaps damning with faint praise. But I think my point of optimism is they lost three starters and – I'll use the same expression. Perhaps this is addition by subtraction. It wasn't working last year, that group. And I do think the pieces are there this year. I think Fashanu will be a better left tackle than what we saw from Rasheed Walker. And Walker may go on to be a very good NFL player, but I don't think he did the job in college. Um, I think Landon Tengwall as a left guard, is going to be better than what we saw last year. I think Sal Warmly is going to. Yep, we hear the dinging, Andy. I'm sorry. We'll keep going. We'll muddle through it. But anyway, uh, that's my positive spin on the offensive line, that I see the pieces. Hopefully they will come through. What else did you take away from the game? So my other takeaway was I'm, I'm in, I think the, I've shifted my curiosity and I'm very interested in the linebacker position going forward. Um, I, I, it's another kick the can forward. I think I want to. I think you need to know more about some of these players. But there are. They did lose a lot. And James was. James said we lot of his direct quote was I think we lost a lot of horsepower at linebacker. Yes, you sure did. But um, I'm not so sure the cupboard might be as bare as you know we might have thought throughout the offseason. I mean, Curtis Jacobs is going to be fine. I know it's a new position, fine. I think, you know, Kobe King and Tyler Elson are going to compete for Mike minutes. Tyler didn't play in the game, right? Kobe King did. He, you know, they're still going to compete through camp. I'm most interested in Jonathan Sutherland. He moved from safety to outside linebacker, six-year player, and he kind of got the exact same wording praise that they that they said about Jesse Lucada making the move last year which was, this will benefit him and the team. Well, they were right about that one with Jesse Lucada. 
are they right again about this one? They might be. There's some, there's a little more there than I would have thought. And I, I just think that this is another interesting position to keep an eye on going forward into training camp and don't evaluate it coming out of spring practice. That's my other one. It's an interesting analogy to Jesse Lucada. And I remember thinking last year at defensive end, watching him make a play as if he were a linebacker going back in coverage. And I suspect we're going to say at some point this season the same thing about Jonathan Sutherland. At a at linebacker position, his safety skills are going to come in handy. But what I wonder about at linebacker is just the depth. Yep. I, it doesn't feel like they could afford an injury anywhere at all there or because there just is not that experience there at linebacker. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, but I, I still think it's a work in progress. And I'm more curious in a positive way. And I, I do, I think the depth is 100% the biggest concern. I'm not sure the top three or four will be as big a concern as we thought it might be during the offseason. It's just the it's just evolving into an intriguing position. We know there's nobody wearing number 11, so that's just all you need to know. Shifting to some positions where I don't think depth is going to be an issue, I was impressed with the people at wide receiver and at running back, Andy. Yeah, I had two – I had some quick hit notes um, – and, and they were definitely what Parker Washington wasn't available in the blue white game. Uh, who cares? I think they're going to have depth and options. I think that's a key combination in my eyes. And I was like, man, they're going to be pretty deep and they have options. You know what I mean? Like more than, you know, one type or two types of receivers. I think they've got depth and options. I think the running back, I think the wide receiver position is going to continue to emerge Another one was QB1 and QB2 are set. Um, the 2023 quarterback, you know, the sort of that um, competition part of it, that's not going to happen until 2023 despite the two incoming freshmen. And, yes, I am 100% in agreement that depth at the running back is not going to be a problem. Performance will be a question. I think Kevon Lee and Devin Ford – are maybe your top dogs, but I definitely agree that those two freshmen are going to make a case and they are going to be part of the conversation. And unfortunately, I think Keziah Holmes is on the outside looking in. Well, you know, there's conversation about why he wasn't in the game. And earlier you mentioned Parker Washington not playing. I just shrug. We know who he is. We know he's going to be, you know, wide receiver one or 1A. We know that. Yeah. Keziah Holmes is in a different position. Right. So even if it was a case where he was nicked up, that's why he didn't play, that's another opportunity to shine that's lost to him. And he's going to be fighting for playing time. And the two true freshmen showed they deserve to be on the field. The, the other part to this, and I wanted you to comment on it, Andy, I was just impressed. By my count, I think I had eight of these true freshmen who really should be high school in high school right now. Right. Early entries who showed that they belonged on a college football field. I think that's really impressive. Yeah. That's why it's the spring is their time. Right. And it's, 
their time to show they are going to be they can belong on a college field. When they get to training camp and into, you know, depth chart and roster designation time, that's a little bit different, Jimmy, but I don't disagree with you. It, they, they, they showed themselves well and that their, their early time on campus was fruitful, right? And the quarterbacks were not, gr- were not great. They weren't horrible, but they weren't great. But they were exactly what you should expect at that position out of two guys who should, as you said, still be in high school. So don't evaluate the quarterbacks on the spring. Kick the can forward on that. Say 2023 is a competition and be done with it. So I agree with you. They did. They showed themselves well. Exactly. And let's not overreact to a couple missed uh, passes by, by those freshman quarterbacks. All right, Andy, that is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Fellow Nittany Lions, this is Bill Oldsey, one of your alumni-elected trustees. It's been an honor serving you in our world-class university for the past nine years. Today, I'm asking for your votes again for me, Barbara Duran, and Ted Brown for re-election to the Penn State Board. We look forward to continuing our work with you as we take Penn State to even greater levels of success with honor, both academically and athletically. We are Oldsey, Duran, and Brown. Thank you for your continued support. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.